Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, and welcome to the Unknown Joys podcast. Is there a person, an item, or an activity that triggers a burst of joy within you? Joy, it's hard to pinpoint, but you certainly know when you hear it in someone's voice. In each episode of Unknown Joys, I encourage someone to unpack why their particular passion moves them. This time, our guest is Luke Sewell. Welcome, Luke. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you. Yeah, I am a 28-year-old printmaker and picture frame maker. Not that that's solely where my identity lies, um, but it helps explain what I do with most of my time. I currently live in Erdington in North Birmingham. Your joy is J.R.R. Tolkien. Now, uh, Tolkien was a writer, poet, philologist, and scholar who spent much of his formative years in Birmingham. And he's best known as the writer of Lord of the Rings and for creating the world of Middle-earth. How and when were you first introduced to Tolkien? I think probably six, six years old, maybe seven, definitely before the Lord of the Rings films came out in 2001 when I was eight years old. But I remember on my parents' bookshelf growing up, there was this really nice, I think it's a sort of 80s edition, like hardback copy of The Hobbit, which has got a really nice burgundy cover with this sort of silver gilding on it. Uh, like a, a nice old looking book. I always wondered what that was about. My dad was a really big C.S. Lewis fan. He read all of the Narnia books to us as kids. I think after that, at some point, he just decided he was going to read this mysterious looking burgundy book, which was The Hobbit. And I loved that book. Uh, I can still remember him reading it to me really clearly. Um, like the tune that he sung the dwarves song to at the start of that book, I can I can still remember. And then I know that next to that book on the bookshelf was an enormous paperback single volume edition of The Lord of the Rings, which I knew was the one that that came after. It was the sort of sequel, but um, I'm not sure I was ready to have that read to me uh, at the age that I listened to The Hobbit. But as soon as the films came out, my, my dad knew he wanted to watch those with me, but wasn't willing <laughs> to show them to me until I'd I'd read the book. So we would read that every evening before bed and then had eventually read enough to watch the first film on video, I think. And then we went to went to watch the others when they're in the cinema. And that's it. It's been an on and off obsession uh, ever since. And what do you think it was that um, first struck you about Tolkien's writing and world making? I think as a kid, it was its depth and I guess it's authenticity. I probably wouldn't have used that language when I was a kid, but as someone who's always had a slightly obsessive personality, I've always been really interested in in history and story, especially ancient history, to have this imaginary world that was complete with languages, uh, maps, lover, an old map at the start of a book, its own peoples and, and their own history that's consistent within that world that was incredibly engaging and was something that I could just spend hours and hours in I think much to the concern of my mum probably when I was younger. Now is there a particular Lord of the Rings passage or character or idea 
or turn of phrase that gives you joy? Character-wise, I love Gandalf. Is someone who, much like the characters in the story, have, fills me with encouragement and uh, bravery and, and joy as a, a person to be around. Oh, there's so many passages I could pick from the book. I think to, to pick one that's not in Lord of the Rings, that's in a piece of writing that Tolkien wrote about his process of writing um, called On Fairy Stories, where he first talks about this idea of the eucatastrophe, the good disaster. Uh, he talks about joy beyond the walls of the world, uh, joy as poignant as grief. I think tying into what makes me enjoy Lord of the Rings so much that that passage sums up something brilliantly mysterious and yet helps explain it so well. I think there's a there's a transcendence to the, the joy that I feel in enjoying Lord of the Rings that points to something yeah, beyond the circles of the world, as Tolkien would say. And at the same time, there's this mingling of sorrow and joy, um, this idea that joy and, and sorrow aren't two things that are mutually exclusive, but that um, even in the experience of loss and even in the experience of, of happiness, that there can be there can also be joy and sorrow present in those things. To describe joy as poignant as grief is something that's quite alien until you you've experienced that and it, then it makes the most sense in the world, I think. Mm. Beautiful. You've uh, you've recently done a series of Lord of the Rings themed lino prints. Yeah. What new things have you learned in the process? The thing I learned from going through those lino cuts it was in alphabet. So it was a A to Z and all each each letter was based on something that began with that letter in in Tolkien's world. And realizing that there's not just there's not just one or two eucatastrophes in his work, but that's something that seeps through the whole thing. I've been listening to podcasts and watching video essays about Tolkien and Middle Earth uh, for over the last two or three years, quite consistently. I mean, you've you it's weird, Luke. You you have a particular joy which I I share um, yeah. as the host of this uh, podcast. I actually do share this. So the question is, why, why, Luke? Why do I enjoy it so much? <laughs> why do I gain so much solace from it? I, I think Tolkien almost uniquely speaks to a very deep desire um, that is almost universal. And I think particularly for those of us who have been raised Protestant, there's something about the particular Christianity that Tolkien weaves into his work that is refreshingly different, um, but is, is really vital and necessary. Uh, Malcolm Geit, who is a poet and scholar and priest, and a, also a big fan of Tolkien, uh, said, almost every quest story is a quest for acquisition, a quest to find treasure. What we have in The Lord of the Rings is the most glorious epic of letting go. It's about a quest to let go of something, to be set free of destructive possession. I can't think of a more vital and necessary story for the 21st century. What lessons have, I, lo I love that quote. Uh, what lessons yeah, have you, you taken from Lord of the Rings 
recently? Lord of the Rings is brilliant as with all of Tolkien's work because as is it's fairly well documented he doesn't like allegory so he doesn't like these sort of one-for-one -one swaps or symbols in his work he likes mystery he appreciates sort of multiple readings I love the sort of latent anti-technology sort of undercurrent that it has in it the, a lot of people say oh the the ring is a it's about atomic power which it's not but that's one thing you can read from it is um, Tolkien's watching the Allies bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki and that for him is the the using of the ring to defeat Sauron it's like it's the thing that you can't do I love the the image of pilgrimage like um, Malcolm Guy said the idea of of letting go um the surrender of self um particularly for someone who likes all of the things that the hobbits like um you know just keeping to yourself home comforts reading in your living room um the necessity of life being about more than that about um leaving the shire and becoming ennobled frodo's line at the council of elrond where he says um i'll take the ring to mordor um though i do not know the way and the similarities there with the Annunciation and, and Mary's declaration of um, let it be with me according to your will. That sense that, yeah, the Christian life requires that surrender of self. The, yeah, the giving of yourself to an adventure and a quest, even if you don't know the way, especially if you don't know the way. Beautiful. The greatest thing I get out of it is the beauty of it in the his mastery of the English language, not just as a tool to describe things that are beautiful, but his knowledge of what makes words inherently beautiful in themselves, just to say the words he makes up are fantastic. Like uh, Ulmo, the, the Lord of Waters, the, the Valar who's in charge of the sea, he has these horns that he makes called the, the Ulamuri. That's just such a lovely word. I could say that all day. I think a lot of my experience of uh, what it means to be a Christian have focused a lot on uh, goodness and truth um, and haven't discounted beauty, but certainly there's not been as much of a focus on that. And I think over the last couple of years, uh, as an artist, that's something that I've realized. It's not just a, a fun little hobby I do with my free time, but it's actually a really essential part of what makes me a fully human and uh, what it means to to follow God in a, a Frodo Bilbo sort of way. And Tolkien has been um, a great encourager and a, a great inspiration in doing that. Uh, again, in on fairy stories, he compares the the writing of a fairy tale to the cooking of a big uh, cauldron of soup. And he says it's a lot of fun to like deconstruct the soup, to take all of the the bones out, and to look at what's made it up but his he says that his main concern is just that people enjoy the soup that's the one thing is I wish for me personally but I think for us in general is uh, as much fun as it is to talk about Tolkien and why he's great I just wish that I could spend more time and get closer to making work that is as full of beauty goodness and truth as as his is well, I think that is such a great picture, the soup, 
through your work and your printmaking, you have also said to people, hey, there's more in Tolkien than you even thought there was. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you so much, Luke, for oh, thank you. being on the podcast. Thanks, Joe. I'm so grateful that Luke was able to articulate some of my own joy about Tolkien's work. You should really follow him on Instagram. Just look for Luke Prince. If you have something or someone that gives you joy and you'd like to talk about it on the podcast, or give us some feedback, drop us an email at contact at birminghammethodistcircuit.org.uk. You can find the podcast on Anchor and YouTube. Bye for now, and do lean into the joy.